What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 135, presented by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben. Nine or 19 people were a fisted. Baseball, Ben, what's going on, man? There was an absolutely brilliant moment, not where nine or 19 people were fisted. No, uh, where as the instant, so Justin and I just did about 16 and a half minutes of pre-prep. It's, it's light lifting. Uh, but while the opening music started, my wife was like, hey, when I make popcorn for the kids, how, how long do I microwave it for? <laughs> awesome. So if I'm, you noticed me in our live stream looking off stage left. You looked off kilter. A little bit. How long did you yeah. say? Well, the popcorn button doesn't do it. Like no. So I like it just a little on the darker side. So I go two thirty eight at a hundred percent power. Okay. So the the whole like I understand and like practice how the like whole power thing works, but I feel like I never get that right. You know, whenever you're like upping the power on the microwave and all that. Yeah. No, that's that's because mine is definitely default too high because I put popcorn in for like a minute forty five seconds. Wow. Before it's burnt. Do you is your like microwave made in Chernobyl? Like what's going on? Well, yeah, so it has this radiant no. Um uh, it's funny that you bring microwave up though, because mine actually broke the other night. The little sensor that f- senses whether the door is closed or not broke uh, at about 4.45 in the morning when I was up uh, feeding the pets because that's what happens in my home. So was this during like the ice storm? So it's not like you could go out and get a new microwave well, or when was this? So here's the thing. Um, so th- this was this was post the ice storm. So this was like the day after the ice storm. We're in Texas, so we've been frozen apparently for... Quite some time. I actually enjoyed being able to drive places because I can actually drive through this kind of mayhem. But that's a whole other thing. I don't want to get sidetracked from the microwave story. Add that to your bragging montage. I know, right? Um, so anyway, the mic, the um, the microwave, like the the like switchboard thing goes out, and but it still like technically works. You just have to like close the microwave door a certain way. So it's one of those things. It's only going to hold up for so long before yeah. it's inevitably going to crap out on me. So, like, I've got to do it. So, I say. So, I say that with saying, not long ago, back in November, I bought a new mattress because we'd had our mattress for like eight years. It was incredibly uncomfortable, so we had to buy a new mattress. Well, it being during COVID time, all that kind of stuff is incredibly slow. So, we waited two months to get our mattress. Wow. Okay. And so a buddy of mine recently bought a new microwave. It's sti- so he still hasn't gotten said microwave. Oh. And we're going on probably about a month at least uh, that he's been waiting for his microwave. So having had one bad experience on my own, plus hearing someone who w- needs to buy the same thing that I do, I have a feeling it's going to take me a while to get a new microwave. Well, here's the thing. Both you and your friend need to stop shopping at Microwaves and Mattresses Emporium. Like, (laughs) just pick one thing to specialize in. We save so much money. I mean, it's 38 cents off, Ben Baseball. So, like, pre-COVID, we bought a mattress, sight on scene, just found one on Amazon, and it shipped in, the like, the narrow tube. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we had it, like, three days, and then you open the box, and it, 
you know, explodes like a wacky, wavy, inflatable arm man, and then you wait two days, and then you can sit on it. I was terrified that you were going to say that you found a mattress, like, somewhere, like, on the side of the road or something like that, but you, you redeemed yourself really quickly. I was scared that's where that was headed. I am embarrassed to say how many of those type mattresses younger Ben Baseball <laughs> fell asleep on. <laughs> fell asleep on slash threw out yourself, I'm sure. Just saying. You never know. Anyway... Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Outfielder <laughs> Podcast. Like we said, we did a ton of loose prep work for the show, and I'm sure you're picking up on that. I'm sure that people are excited about my microwave problem. Or where to buy mattresses. Well, no, I think that, uh, you know, just, just be on the lookout for a deal. You don't want you don't want to get zapped. That, look at that. Look at that. Let's give you an applause. Just because we don't have the crickets on hand. Well, it's been a little bit since we've recorded. And that's uh, like Ben Baseball posted a video on our social the other day. Uh, mayhem around here. We had actually planned to record. And then so did you have power, Ben Baseball, last week? Yeah, so we maintained power, but we lost water where all the pressure was gone. And we were on the boil notice for about six days. Okay. Uh, and then my parents who live two miles from here they had the rolling blackouts and my in-laws had a pipe burst in their attic so oh, like boy. then they would come over to get water and we'd like charge my mom's oxygen batteries or we offered to at least so it was like how can we help those around us type situation sure i was real whenever you said that you were charging your mom's oxygen battery situation you know uh Whatever. Yeah. I thought you, you, the way that you came out of that, it made it sound like you were going to say, and we were charging people for water. And, oh, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I was like, damn, just an opportunist. Well, we've been, we were, we were pretty lucky with all that stuff. So, yeah. um, but it still was just kind of weird. Like the internet was kind of shitty and stuff like that. We typically, it just works out better to record over, over, you know, the computer instead of, being in person which actually is one of the things i dislike the most that's become one of the things that i'm most sensitive about is like the quality of audio and stuff like that with what we do uh but just uh, like whenever i hear it around me i notice it too and it's just always better when we're in the same room it always is yeah and um so i guess argue, so is the content <laughs> that's i mean that's a good point i i guess we could have actually just gotten together and just you know done it in the cold or something like that but you know it's sit out in justin's driveway i mean you you saw the commercial we made for the outfielder last year and we had to go into like waist deep snow to do it but it was that's right it was well worth it i'm sad that we didn't get to make a commercial this year not yet, sir. Not yet. We'll find a way. Yeah, Life we'll, finds a way. Let, let's let's try to get on that and figure that out. Um, a little bit of an update from last episode. We talked about doing our top 20 baseball players of all time. Yes. So talk to Jimmy Midtown. He's definitely in. He's going to be here uh, within the next couple of episodes. I'll talk to him and see when he's free. And Perfect. that way we can kind of lay out all the criteria and stuff like that. But he is absolutely in on the idea. And I think this will be one of the most fun things we've done, especially leading into the season. Oh, for sure. It's going to be great. Plus, there's so many different ways to slice it. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's, you know, you could come up with the best 20, you know, outfielders and yep. have a team of all stars. Having done this before, I would recommend starting now because <laughs> because there's going to be a lot of tinkering. 
Okay, so it's fair. I, I what I the way that I kind of approach it, and we can talk about this further later on, is just I get as many people as I can think of on paper, and then start to try to fill in. Okay, well, I know this one is going to be number one, or or you know whatever. However, you want to build around, but just got to start getting guys down. And there's so many that you're going to forget about too. Yeah, I'm full disclosure. I'm not going to name my favorite player, Michael Young, as one of the greatest players. And I'm just throwing it out there that that won't happen. Yeah. So we need, we need to have that discussion, though, of like, because the, like the thing to remember about these is it is our personal top 20 of all time. So how things factor in are important. And I think will be a big topic of discussion for why do you have this person here when they should maybe should be ish here. But I want to hear each of us defend those arguments yeah. and talk no, about and that's why fair. you know and for example no offense to michael young he is a you know texas ranger hall of famer yes. although not an mlb hall of famer um you know he would probably make the list of top 20 utility infielders of the last 50 years i feel like that's a decent <sighs> way of slicing it boy there are a lot of really talented guys that were just like um, sort of like just they sort of burned out quickly. I guess is the best way to, to put it. So There's that's a the lot thing, of guys. You got like career 300 average. Right. Yeah. Like, so I mean, what do you, how do you value that? <laughs> uh, I I value it well, but you're right. There are so many different ways to slice it. Yeah. I, I'm. Do I was thinking about this yesterday. Do you remember how outraged? We were whenever they put Josh Hamilton into the Texas Rangers Hall of Fame. Oh my God, that was still mad. (laughs) I'm still angry about how terrible that decision was. Ugh, just very, very infuriating. But yeah, so that's kind of the update on that. Jimmy's excited about it. I think it'll be good to kind of start filling that in because I mean, we'll be here. So, what is the official opening date? Have you looked at the dates? Last I checked was April first. Now, of course, um, you know MLB. We'll see if anything weird happens COVID-wise. Like, that's always the big caveat. Won't. Full full steam ahead, pal. I no. do think they're full steam ahead. Yeah. I totally think so. Yeah. Thursday, April the 1st is yeah. opening day this year. What? So, go. let's run over the... I, I put this in Slack the other day. What Do we have the opening day schedule? Uh, We had at least the first four games. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I want the, the main, uh, primetime games. I think... They were the ones that were on ESPN, or the ones that we were looking at in our our channel. Yep, here we go. It is. Bum, bum, bum. So we got Blue Jays, Yankees to kick it off. We've got Dodgers, Rockies. We've got Mets, Nationals, and White Sox, Angels. Those are some interesting All matchups. All of those games appeal to me. Not all of them appeal to me the same amount. Agreed. I would a hundred percent. That's a great way to say it because the Yankees Blue Jays that'll be a great game. That's yes. a great first like kickoff game for ESPN. And Dodgers Rockies will be arguably terrible. Probably I'm, terrible. I'm gonna, best case scenario, it'll be a, it'll be a medium. Yeah, exactly. Because you're gonna have two teams that are just getting started in. I mean, the Rockies just traded Nolan Arenado, so, I mean, you kind of understand where they are at this point. And yep. 
So, you know, that's sort of a, a weird matchup. But, I mean, opening day, anything could happen. That's the best thing about how long baseball is. It doesn't oh really God. matter if you lose opening day kind of thing. Right. Uh, Mets Nationals. That I'm excited to see this iteration of the Mets. Shoot. I think both those teams, like, that's the game that's giving me the most, like, that or the Yankees-Toronto. Like, those are the two that I'm like, this this is going to be a good day. I'm not remotely interested in the Nationals. I think, I don't think that there's a chance that they're going to be nearly as good as they were two years ago when they won it all. Yeah. But I do, I, I give them credit. You know yes, what I mean? Like sure. I, I will be willing to take a second look given what they earned two years ago. Yeah. They completely crapped all over themselves last year, but hopefully, I think they got a little bit younger and hopefully healthier too. So, I mean, it's not like they still don't have some of the best pitchers in the league, but it's just a matter of, I don't know, the, the, the rest of the offensive prowess, I don't know is if, if it's really there with them yet. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting. And the one that probably intrigues me the most is the, the White Sox and Angels game. I mean, this is Tony LaRusso's like 1500th game to coach or to manage. No, I don't. I don't. He's got to manage more than that. I think the things that interest me about this game is you never know with the Angels. Like there's so many. Depending on where you look. The Angels are going to be, oh, they're they're going to be your sleeper, your dark horse pick from the West. Or, oh, my God, the Angels are going to be consistently hot garbage. Yeah, not not in this this guy's opinion. I'll tell you, they're always bad, period. Right. And whereas we know Chicago, they almost made the playoffs last year. They might have made a wild card spot, but like they were outperforming where they were supposed to be given where they're at in the rebuild. So I do like to see what the young White Sox team are going to have in store for them. Yeah, I think that is, I mean, the whole idea of bringing Tony La Russa in, if you're going to do that, I mean, it seems like the, from what the players are saying, it's positive towards him so far. And I mean, this is a guy that knows how to go win and you got to give yeah. him that, right? And it's a bold hire. And I mean, if he's willing to do it and, and put it, put in the work with the young guys and they're looking at this guy being like, this is fucking Tony LaRusso. Like, you know, that, that off factor kind of helps for those young dudes like that, you know, and it gets weird whenever it's like a, a, a group, a clubhouse full of veterans, I guess, where it, and it's a guy like that where it's like, you either really have them or you really don't kind of thing. Uh, and, and he's good at like letting that be and just staying out of the way and, and, and letting, Letting the talent show it show for itself and then also getting the most out of that talent. So, I mean, it's a good hire for him. So they're going to be a really interesting team to watch. Yeah. Um, yes. I did look it up. So, number one, I agree with you. He's not as much of a tinkerer as some people. Like, he'll let people grow. He'll also let people make their own mistakes. Yeah. Uh, he has managed, led, coached, whatever, 5,097 games. I was only off by a fifth. <laughs> uh, of which four of them have been ties. Hmm. What? <laughs> what? I'm just saying, four of them ended in ties. We need to research into that just a tad more. Anyway, his win-loss record, it's, uh, it's a 536 winning percentage. Pretty good. I mean, for 5,000 games, that's pretty good. Uh, two of them, two of the ties were with the 1980 White Sox. Okay. And the ties were. Oh, boy. 
Oh, you can get really deep. Mm-hmm. Meta, as Sam would call it. I miss the great Sambino. Me too. Boy, this Man, is I don't, intriguing I can't get into radio these, uh, people. There we go. June 2nd, they tied with the Rangers. <laughs> Worth going down the rabbit hole on. June 2nd, 1980 at Kaminsky Park. And it ended in the after the sixth. So it was just like a rainout. Yeah, but they had played five, so they called it. Did, yeah, because that's a that's officially the the cutoff point. Is there any chance that this screwed over Sam and fantasy? Uh, given that it was probably six years before Sam was born, I don't think so. Okay, but I'm anything can happen because we've seen him argue with the concept of time. Correct. That's, that's oh my god. That's my the concern. other time that season that they tied was with the Rangers. The same darn thing. This was Saturday, July twenty sixth. Also at Kaminsky Park, they had another thing where they made it six innings and tied one to one. Huh. Well, well, we got so to the bottom two, of that. Two teams tied each other in the same game or it's go oh god same in the year. same season yeah that is interesting baseball's weird that way though yeah i mean last time that we talked we found out that there were seasons where there were several all-star games yeah that's right that's absurd is what that is i just want to be on okay. the record of saying that again anyway good opening day matchups i think yes at least on espn um i don't know i i i always think that the the Build up around opening day and everything always feels really intense and exciting. It'll be interesting to see how that feels this year. Yeah. I'm not really sure. I I mean, I think about last year, like I barely watched the Red Sox. And, and that is so unlike, you know, me. But it was only 60 games long, so it was hard to... Like, right. I mean, it was different where, like, you know, I can throw it on on any given night throughout the summer and and enjoy it, you know. And well, that's where for me, I actually think I watched more of it last year. Really? And, you know, a couple different things couldn't go anywhere like we we're in the, the height of lockdown and stuff. Yeah. But um, my phone carrier as like a bonus, they gave me the MLB TV subscription as yeah. like a sign on. So I could see every game except the Ranger games. Yeah. So I watch so much like baseball that I normally wouldn't get to see. So a lot of like National League, a lot of West Coast, just things that wouldn't normally show up. It's, um, it's great to just have, throw it on in the background and, you know, catch some oh, of it later on. It's, yeah. It's like, oh, I'll catch three innings of, you know, like you said, Rockies Padres or whatever. Exactly. And. I think this year is going to be different. I think that there's going to be some excitement around it because a lot, like most, most all players, I would say, are playing, mm-hmm. and you know that buildup is exciting. There are, you know, I mean, you've got teams like the Padres, you've got teams like the White Sox. I mean, you've got really big up and coming teams that people expect a lot of. You, I mean, the Dodgers are going to be a force to be reckoned with. They got even better yeah. this year somehow or another. So by, ridiculous. By signing Trevor Bauer. Unfucking believable. And um, they still haven't they still don't have the highest payroll in baseball. I think they're like number 2. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And um the crazy <laughs> So uh, we haven't recorded since the Trevor Bauer signing, right? No, so we have a couple signings to uh, to go through. Absolutely. Okay. okay, so let's just start there because I would like to 
to regale you with a, a a tale of Jimmy getting the rug yanked out from under him once again by the Mets. Okay, tell me more. So, Trevor Bauer, the night before, the day before he signed with the Dodgers, basically was in agreement with the Mets for the same exact deal, and then turned around, spun it, and went to L.A. instead. So he used the Mets as a bargaining chip to get L.A. to pay what he wanted? Yeah, which is very typical, number one. Yeah. Uh, but I felt bad. I mean, Jimmy explained it to me as that he didn't even have time to get excited about it <laughs> before it was over. So, you know, that's fine. Dude, I get that's it. ridiculous. I mean, so their, their pitching staff is just something to reckon with because, like, you still got Kershaw and Walker Bueller, David Price. Now, yeah, like David Price would be your four, or is he slid to five? Mm, he's probably your three to four guy. I think Bauer would be four over yeah. Price. No oh, offense. Yeah, the, I think he. Yeah, I don't know it, uh, because the thing is, David Price was hurt, so and and then he oh, took yeah. a year off, so it's kind of hard to to That's know true. where he's going to be. I mean, he may be as healthy as ever because he's hasn't played. So, you know that I. I that <laughs> I guess that's the hardest part about what the Dodgers have to figure out is where do you put our fifth really good starter? Well, yes. I'd argue, though, that with Bauer, there's some really other, like, off-the-field stuff that just, if we had Sam here and we were doing a POS corner, like, I've been digging into some of this, and he has uh, some uh, considerable instances of social media bad interactions with uh female fans and it's Ooh. really problematic can we talk about them yeah absolutely okay. let's um, um okay so let's save that for let's do this free agent talk and then we'll do a pos corner okay got it so uh okay so anyway yeah that that pitching staff and i mean kershaw's only 32 so like it's not like he's you know, like put out to pasture yet. As a matter of fact, he said as much just the other day at spring training. So yeah, they're they're looking really, really good at, on the pitching side of things. I mean, man, there's there's a lot to look forward to. I think uh, the Padres look absolutely unbelievable from start to finish. Yeah, does this bleed us into the Tatis Junior talk? I think it should. Okay, so. Talk, tell me about the deal. Do you want to go into it? Yeah, let me grab it here. Uh, you want me to go actually, over the specifics? I've yeah, got yeah, go ahead. Okay. So he signed a 14-year, $340 million deal. Okay? So I'll, I'll break it down for you. because So the way that I break this down is important. And I want you to think about... Where you were 14 years ago. Oh, God. Think about, think about how little you would have cared about a player signing a contract for 14 years that would lead you to this conversation right now, okay? So I was 19 and going to the University of Texas at Dallas, and I had just started a career in finance. Yeah. No, I hadn't even started. I was working at a blockbuster. Yeah. There <laughs> Yeah, so think that about that. That doesn't date that conversation. Correct. It, that puts it in perfect perspective. Okay, I'm going to go the year-by-year year money distribution because it's all about the the average annual value, but I want you to think about how this contract is loaded, okay? $1 million in 2021. 
He'll make five million in 2022, seven million in 23, 11 million in 24, 20 million a piece in 25 and 26, God. 25 million in, tw- in 27 and 28, then 36 million a year from 2029 to 2034. Good night. <laughs> that is unbelievable. That's not really that backloaded either. I mean, it is, but not. I mean, it's cheap now, but they had to buy out his his arbitration years too in it. So those are going to be low no matter what. Man. $36 million from 2029 to 2034. Do you think How that, old will he be then? Um, so let's see. I forget. Because that, that'll put him through his age 35 season. He's oh 22 God. years old. So, I, <laughs> oh, and by the way, there's no trade clause, full no trade clause. Like he has, he has to approve of the trade or no, no dice. So, come and it's. I mean, it's obviously fully guaranteed. That's that's insane. That is incredible. But I I always think about this too. Think about the A Rod deal, right? That was um, ten years. What? 350? 250? 250. Oh, yeah. Two, yeah. And a quarter. Yeah. Okay. So think about that and how by the time we got to year seven or eight, how that seemed not cheap, but not not the highest in the league anymore. That's what yeah, this is so going to be. That's what's interesting about this one is because it plateaus at the end. Like it plateaus high now. But if we're talking, what, 20, 30 money. Uh, you know, like we don't necessarily know, but presuming there's productivity. I mean, yeah. And you think about the fact that Mookie signed for 12 years, 365, and that's Mookie Betts, who has a World Series ring. Yeah. And is an incredibly talented baseball player. Uh, that That is a kind of player, and I, I'm not even saying this as biased, because I, I think the same thing about like Mike Trout. Um that's the kind of guy that you go all in on. And I just, yeah. this either is going to be end up being like Manny Ramirez or it's going to be a complete and utter disaster. I see that. I, I think it's interesting, though, because you brought up bets. The Red Sox only let him walk because of money, right? Like it wasn't anything else. Yeah, because they weren't okay. going to come to, well, they, they traded him because they weren't going to come to to, you know, terms on a deal that's right because they were over the luxury tax because they're assholes and they don't want to pay the tax i understand why they don't want to pay the tax but it's still absurd you let a generational talent walk out the door basically so it's that's confusing to me in that term but it's an investment for the dodgers and it makes sense well yeah it definitely makes sense for los angeles and when was the last time the red sox won the world series 2018 2018 so he has two rings now right Oh yeah, That's yeah. So even more so, I didn't. I wasn't even thinking about that. So I mean, this is for a dude. I mean, he's an incredible. Let's let's look at his numbers here real quick. Um, I mean, he's a uh, like I said, he's twenty two years old. I mean, just thinking about signing that young of a dude to that kind of scratch is insane. Um, okay, so for his career, so he's been in the league since twenty nineteen. He has a seven WAR. He's had 558 at-bats, 
168 hits, 39 home runs, has a batting average of 301. Again, this is career. 111 runs, 98 RBIs, 27 stolen bases. That's a lot of stolen bases. Yeah. An on-base percentage of 374, slugging of 582, an OPS of 956. That's pretty good. But that's a lot of money for what we hope will happen. I mean, it's... Is it an investment? Is it a like wager? Like, I mean, it's kind of what do you think? It's a little bit of both, I, th- I would say. No, I mean it's they they have a up and coming guy that that can only hasn't even really reached his ceiling yet, and you really don't want to get to a situation. I mean, he was arbitration eligible in twenty twenty two, so he had one more year to try to get a deal done before. You have to start getting arbiters involved and ultimately becomes a free agent three years later. And it's just worth trying to get it done because, in again, in these 14 years, they're buying out those arbitration years that they, would, they wouldn't have before. So really and truly, this contract starts early, but it kind of actually starts in 2025, which yeah. is why you see it escalate like, like it does. Right. And that's so, why it continues to increase and increase and increase the way it does. But my 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 gut feeling is that they think that that will be chump change by that point in time, which I don't necessarily disagree with. That that's actually signed. It, it's sort of like how the Braves signed Acuna to like a, a really good like seven or eight year deal. I forget exactly what the ter- the exact specifics were on it, but it was like a hundred million over that time, which sounds great, but it was very very like incentive laden and structured and and when you chop it you know divided by eight or whatever right and then you have like um and then like basically you 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 start to exceed those the contract and and the value of said contract um i mean teams get a great deal on that and i don't know that that's not what's happening here but the the numbers feel mind-blowing but if you think about those years of arbitration that they have to buy out and when I say arbitration, that just means so in the way that so everything's based on service time. So once they've had two years up, then they're they they basically are staying in the major leagues until they right you know. And so they have as a free agent in their first contract, players have the option to come to an agreement with the team, which is kind of what's happened here, or you know on a contract on a long term extension, or you can basically say okay this is what i think i'm worth this is what the team wants to pay and there's an actual uh person that's independent of both that makes the decision on what ends up happening and the player accepts it no matter what and so that's kind of how those years work up until so you basically have three years of that and so it behooves you to get a deal worked out but it just doesn't usually happen and and usually the the team comes to some some sort of general uh, the team and the the player come to some general consensus to where they got at least something done for that amount of time. But as it escalates, it gets higher and higher. It gets harder to see that. And that's exactly what happened with Mookie Betts, where his last arbitration year was like 19 or tw- he was either 19 or 21 million for that season alone. And it's like, if we right. don't get a deal done, we're not, we're paying way more for this asset versus the market value, right? The market value matters here. And so it, it behooves all sides to do it this way, but it can really hinder free agency if a guy really wants out of there is the crappy part about it. 
Dude, uh, for you the just player. used the word. So first off, great way of breaking it down. Yeah. Second off, you just used the word behooves twice earnestly in the last two and a half minutes. So well done. Yes. Oh man, Sam would be proud of that. Oh my lord. Good pickup. Didn't know I said oh, it I- once. Yeah, I don't no, li- those are the that's the type of crap that I listen for. <laughs> I was gonna say that's right, people. I don't listen to me either. <laughs> um anyway, so that is it really makes sense for the team, I think, here. It's a lot of money, but it may not really be a lot of money down the road. Right. And they're you just pay kinda- a little more now, you're willing to take the risk on it. Plus with a young guy, hopefully, maybe not a once in a generation talent, but definitely something special. Yeah, oh, for sure. And the th- and the funny thing is, it's not even really. Uh, it, I I would I would equate it more to like kicking the can down the road, right? On something, you know, and and it instead of really just trying to drag through it, you just just make it happen. So I I, I don't know. It, that's a that's a later Padres problem, I guess. And you know, when they're bad again after their hopeful World Series run, then you got to deal with that. It's exactly what I've been living through for two years now. Yeah, I mean it's it's the major league embodiment of that's future me's problem. Correct. I mean, I was riding high whenever we had that Red Sox team, everything, knowing it was, and and I was well aware that it was all going to come crashing down and burning at some point in time, and it 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 did, <laughs> sure yep. did. Um, and, and that's just how it goes. And so they're betting on that. They're betting on the future, and that's not a. They've got the. They've got the talent to do it. I don't think it's a bad time to do it. I think it's funny that it, it makes... What did Bryce Harper sign for? What what did that end up being? I know it was 14 years, I'm pretty sure. It might have been 12 years. Bryce Harper's deal, 13 years, 13. 330 mil. Boy, that's... You get 14 years and three... Wow. 350, that's crazy. That I mean... Just the amount of money being thrown around. Remember when a topic on this show was the half uh, billion dollar contract? Yeah. And that's and I remember saying at the time, it's not going to seem like much at some point. The average annual value is what matters here. So it's, I mean, here we are. And I mean, the numbers are only going to get bigger, I think. Yeah, because the... Uh, well, what brought us there was March 2019 trout signed the largest contract in sports history at the time. And it was worth 426 and a half million. So he's still the highest paid. Uh, well, in baseball. Yeah. yeah well, uh, right, right. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes in football signed yeah, a bigger yeah. one. Yeah. It was a 12 year deal that trout got 12 years, 426. Yeah. Boy, pretty good. A lot of fish. A lot of fish. A lot of trout. It's such a shame, too, because it's such a, like, I don't know. I, I would much rather go to a Dodgers game if I'm in L.A., yeah. but uh, it is a cool ballpark and everything. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's They're kind of like the, the underdogs in a way there. Yeah, we've talked about it. Uh, teams where you have, excuse me, cities where you have two teams. So yeah. like MLB, you have New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago are your big ones. Yeah. I mean, there's like always e- that team. Every one of them, every one of those cities has like their scrappy underdog. Yeah. I guess you go with Giants, Oakland's technically. 
Yeah, that's a weird. Nobody in NorCal actually gives a shit. That's kind of the the weird thing about it. Right, but people in Oakland do. Yeah, kind of. In that bubble, I'm saying. Yeah. In the little like Berkeley, like that area. That guy. You got some people. Yeah. That guy back there. Right. The the A's fan in the room. Fake J Mac cardboard <laughs> cutout. One of the best things I've ever ever invested in. All right, I'm going to give you a couple of names. Tell me who you want to go All right. go talk a little bit more about. Let's go. So we have uh, Steven Matz to the Blue Jays from the Mets. Eh. Uh, Cubs signing Jacques Peterson. I'd much rather laugh at the fact that the Cubs signed Jake Arrieta again. Okay. I mean, uh, <laughs> that guy what about stinks. Cleveland <laughs> signing Eddie Rosario, one-year, yeah. $8 million. So that was part of the, Lin- the Lindor trade, and yeah. that... I think he's actually a pretty pretty good player. Yeah. It's only a one-year deal, though? Yeah, it's a one-year deal to Cleveland. What are some... Um, okay, so another one I saw. Your boy, uh, Brett Gardner, is coming back to the Yankees for another year. Are you excited about oh, that? Is he the guy with the big head? Yeah, he's the one that looks like Burnett. a penis. Yes. Yeah. Hang on. That I guess this is worth... <laughs> are we putting it on the screen? No, I, I'm I'm not. I'm just pulling. Yeah, he he's like a. He's just the worst. He's a big enemy oh. of this show. We have a lot, but God, he's 37. Yeah, he's 37 and terrible. Oh. I mean, I don't wish him ill will as a human. Like, I wish him nothing but the best. But as a yeah. ball player, God, the dude. Ugh. You said nothing, but you said it all right there. I know. I get it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I can't like stand that guy either. He does chin ups with his actual chin, dude. Yeah, he really does. He he, those neck muscles are unmatched. It's just got steroids written all over it. It's bigger than my thighs. I know. It's insane. It really is. Remember his whole thing about slamming the bat up against the top of the dugout? Oh my god! I used to piss me in off his, so bad in his own stadium. Yeah, in his own ballpark. Yeah, he got thrown out of a couple games for it. All right, another name, Didi Gregorius. Eh. All right, um, we have Nolan Arenado, Rockies <sighs> to the Cardinals. Oh my god, dude, that's so heartbreaking. It's he's one of my favorite baseball players. I've been on him. I mean, Sam and I've been talking about him for since we started this show. Really, yeah. um, I hate the Cardinals so much, but I'm I'm happy for him because he's a good. He's a good player. They're a good team. But I just hate the Cardinals so much. I love that you're saying I hate the Cardinals. The first name we brought up on the show today was Tony La Russa. The well, first name. I mean, I don't feel any differently. Okay. <laughs> you know. Do we want to talk about the drunk driving incident? We can talk about it if you'd like to talk about it. We don't have to. Okay. We'll uh, get into it later. What about Chris Archer? Yeah. Where where do you sign? To the Rays. One year, six and a half. Okay, so that was an arbitration deal. For sure, because he's still there. He's been there. Okay. Then we have uh, the Twins are keeping Nelson Cruz. That surprised me. It didn't seem like they were going to bring him back. How old is that guy now? 38? It says... got to be old. God, 41. 41? I thought he was old. Jeez. 13 mil this year. Man, steroids are a hell of a thing, aren't they? Oh, allegedly. What do you... No, no, not allegedly. He got caught. He got suspended. Yeah. I'm just for a full season. Allegedly. The Rangers should have brought him back though. 
No. Yes, they should have brought him back. It didn't matter. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. Especially because he was in Baltimore. But nobody really cared. Okay. Everybody knew. I mean, look at the guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> considering what he's still doing. So speaking of the Rangers, though, how do you feel about the end of the Elvis Andrews era? Man, so like... All right, let's let's talk about this because Elvis I like as a dude. I think that he was good in the clubhouse. He was around a lot. You know, I think the stat I saw is the last time that the Rangers didn't have Elvis on opening day, Hank Blaylock was still in the yeah. league. Dude, I saw that whole list of pl- of players that were in the league at that point in time. And it was very, very strange. Yeah. Um, anyway, the point I'm making is good for him. I hope he moves on. He'll, he'll probably do better than he would have here. You know, same thing that happened with freaking Kinsler. Yeah. I, well, Kinsler was really good in Texas though. He was. And then we thought he had peaked. And so then he went elsewhere, but then he did well in Los Angeles of all places with the angels. And he won a ring in Boston too. Yeah. So like, you know what I mean? He, the Rangers, we cut the wrong people early and we keep the wrong people late. So first of all, Kinsler was traded for Prince Fielder though. So I mean, Prince Fielder, we got what six months of baseball out of sure, before his but, neck fell off. Sure, but at the time, that wasn't. I mean, you know, that was. Uh, I mean, anybody who's anybody knew that that dude was going to fall apart. It just nobody knew it was going to be that fast. And I feel bad for that guy because I hated it on him more than just about anybody. His belly slide into third base is one of my favorite moments of the ALCS in 2013. Uh, one of my favorite moments I've ever witnessed in baseball because he just wasn't even close to the base. We've been over this a hundred times. Um, but I, li- I actually liked the dude. I actually liked him a lot when he came to Texas. And I felt bad because he was definitely heartbroken that he couldn't play the game anymore. That stinks. But 100%. But, yes, I, ag- I agree with that. But yes. from a full transactional standpoint, the Rangers lost in that trade, kind of, other than the fact that insurance paid for that whole contract. So well, like, that's, eh. that's the caveat there is... You Monetarily, took a risk, but... they didn't lose out, but from a baseball production standpoint, I'm sure they would have rather paid money and had a better team because that was still when they were maybe not contenders, but they were at least in the hunt. Okay, so let's look at let's look at this real quick because I am I am curious of what they got out of him. So out in, of fielder or out, out of, of Andrews? Uh, sorry, out of fielder real quick. So he played 162 games in 2011, 2012, and 2013. So he played every game. Really? So, yeah, which is, a, first of all, unbelievable. Second of all, um, a lot of wear and tear on the body, just in general. Um, his first year in Texas, it was 42 games, but that was the year that every single person on that team was hurt. Yeah. And then he played in 158 games in 2018 and or I'm sorry, 2015, and 89 games in 2016. So of that 2015 year, let's just look at that since he played the most. He batted 305, on base 378, slugged 463, so an OPS of 841. That's not, it's, (laughs) I mean, I don't, if you compare it up against what Kinsler did, I mean, I guess. So yeah, 15 fielder versus 15 Kinsler. Let's see, so 15 Kinsler. 
He batted 296, so pretty similar. He was on base 342, slugged 428, had an OPS of 770. So it was actually a little does worse. It, but does it say run scored? Yes. Uh, let's see. Because I'd be interested in, yes, those are the numbers, but like productive yeah. gains. So 94 runs for Kinsler. Okay. 11 home runs. Okay. 73 RBIs. Okay. Okay. And Prince Fielder was 187 hits. Okay. Uh, 78 runs. Okay. 98 RBIs, 23 home runs, and this may surprise you, zero stolen bases. <laughs> what? <laughs> Whoa! So, okay. uh, pretty comparable, honestly, but that's one yeah. year. You got more out of it, Kinsler, for another two years or so, I think is how that ended up. Anyway, right? it's a risk. Like it's, They don't always all, all work out, unfortunately. So anyway, all that to say, I mean, Elvis Andrews was around for a long time and was a big piece of that that place, but it was probably time to get him out of there. Yeah, I don't, uh, I, I don't. So I, I, I do want to get your take on this because everybody seemed to be really pissy about trading with your own division. Who, who cares? I, I don't think anymore. I think that's the old timers, the people who are allowed to vote in the MLB in the um, Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame voting. That's oh. that's who's mad about that. Uh, I did pull up that list, by the way, of everyone who was on the Rangers the last time. Okay. So their opening day roster, this was from oh, 2008. Okay. Uh, catcher was layered. First baseman, Broussard. Second baseman, Kinsler, in his third season. Mm-hmm. Third baseman, Blaylock. Shortstop, Michael Young. Left fielder, David Murphy. Center fielder, Josh Hamilton. Right fielder, Bird. Marlon Bird? I think so. Let's see. Yeah, Marlon Bird. Holy Jesus. Um interesting. That's but that's that was the core of that young team though yeah, already. Because you had um I think Kinsler and Andrews like together, plus you did, with Hamilton, Cruz, Young, Beltre. You like, didn't have Beltre was, there quite yet at that time, but yeah. It wasn't long. I think it was two thousand eight, two thousand nine that he came there, something like that. Yeah. Beltre 2011 was when he was a starter, but I think he. No, he started with the Red Sox. Or he played a year. Before, he was with Dodgers, Seattle, Boston in 10, Texas 10. in 11. Yeah, yeah. They just didn't have a place for him in Boston, unfortunately, at that time. Uh, we were happy to take him. Yeah, well, they that was that year where they uh, they had the highest payroll in baseball. They won the most games by a long shot and then fucked around in September and missed the playoffs. Dude, that <laughs> September meltdown is one of the... So that would have been 2010, I think. The yeah. September... It was horrible. Boston, <laughs> you cannot imagine, like... So, full disclosure, Justin and I didn't know each other then, no. but, like, even in my limited baseball exposure in 2010, I remember watching that thinking, what the heck is going on in Boston? They imploded. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen. They went, like, 7-23 and 23 that yeah, month. Yeah, I, I honestly think it was 5-23. and 23. It, was yeah. what it was just some ridiculously bad thing, and they just missed the playoffs. And I think, I don't know this, but I think it was the Yankees, too, that, like, was the was. final nail in the coffin. It was. Oh, dude, it was so terrible. Like, I, I remember it was, like, a... Uh, I I remember just kind of watching it all dissipate and everything. You know, the the lead in the AL East and in the league in general just dissipate, dissipate, dissipate. And I remember it was like a week before it, it all 
played out in my roommate <laughs> at the time. And I was sitting there watching Sports Center because we watched Sports Center at this time. And he just turns a look to me and just goes, You know, they could miss the playoffs, right? And I was like, Yeah, I'm aware of that. Shut, shut the fuck up, man. And they did. And it was, uh, dude, that was brutal. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen in any team. It was not good. Not good at all, my friend. Not good. Um, well, I think it's good for him, though. I, I'm. I think they need to move on from it, though. They need to. They need to continue to get younger at this point. That's all they need to do. They should trade Joey Gallo. They should trade everything that they can. Dude, just burn it down. Just burn it. Burn it. Burn it. Burn it. I think they're there, though. I think that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Well, oh. any other signings you want to talk about before we pivot to Trevor Bauer 2.0? Yeah, one other note right there. I bet you that they trade Joey Gallo by the trade deadline this year. That'll be my se- one of my season predictions. I hope so. Yeah. We're going to do... I can't wait to do our season predictions just in general. We'll make sure to have to have Sam back for that at least. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 110%. All right. Let's do this POS quarter. Let's bring it. Let's do it. This is Paul Ramham from WBAT in Cincinnati. We interrupt this regular schedule of programming to bring you this breaking news bulletin. It appears that people have been called pieces of shit from around the globe. Baseball players in particular seem to be the main target. However, no person, concept, or universe is exempt from this cruel but very usual punishment. The perpetrator has been identified as the great Sam Bino. Police have confirmed that he is still at large and about to take his piece of shit corner. Ding, ding, ding. Huge piece of shit. All right. Welcome to the POS corner. I miss doing this. Without Sam. But man, I have missed this too. So full disclosure, um, my source on this is initially from the New York Post, who I do not support. Mm -hmm. But they're the ones who uh, at least were talking about it most recently. And it was in that same time whenever the Mets were trying to negotiate with Bauer and then Bauer used them to get his deal with the Dodgers. So the whole concept of this article was around, hey, look, the Mets shouldn't go near this guy. So this is written by Kevin Davidoff, uh, Jan 23rd of 2011. Mm-hmm. But basically boils down to, hey, look, understand Trevor Bauer's a POS, for example... In 2019, Bauer was in a Twitter battle with some random female college student. That I believe. It started out with trash talk, Mm -hmm. but it escalated into Bauer, 414,000 Twitter followers, go back and like Twitter stalking the woman to find a picture of her drinking alcohol before her 21st birthday and putting it on his, his social media. And then his fans, like, going after her. And within the course of three days, like, disparaging her publicly 17 times Hmm. or discussing her to, like, other people. When was this? This was in 2019, January. Gotcha. Pretty unacceptable. Not cool. Not surprising. Definitely not cool. Yes. Furthermore... We didn't know this when we brought up Bauer and Twitter today, but he is in um, a battle right now with Syndergaard. And so, like, you know, he's been on the Dodgers for, what, a week, week and a half, and he's already, like, getting into it 
with people and being a distraction. Like, I don't care if the, if the managers are saying his work ethic is great. Like this does not demonstrate to me solid work ethic. Yeah. I mean, I, I I'll preface this with saying, I, you can do whatever he wants. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I really, it really doesn't matter to me one way or the other. But I, I get, I, I, for the sake of conversation, I think the bigger conversation is around what does that constitute as a leader and someone that 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 people should look up to, or is this is he sort of like a master troll ish, a little bit? I mean, that's really what the question is. Is this all? It's really hard to tell, I guess, the fabric of someone by, you know, what they do on social media and shit like that. But it's it's also kind of easy to see kind of quickly what kind right. of person someone like that is. Yeah, I would say certainly not leader, definitely in the category of total jack wagon. But, I mean, he's done this the last couple of seasons where he's been a distraction for various reasons. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, he's won a Cy Young. And he's one of the best pitchers in the league, and I'm not saying that winning, you know, trumps everything else. I'm not saying that at all, but I, I'm kind of saying that because I think that's how how teams look at it. But here's the thing. I mean, sure, Roman Polanski made Rosemary's Baby or whatever, but he's still a fucking pedophile. I did not think we were going to talk about Roman Polanski on the podcast. Well, that's what I'm saying. Was like, that. no, like, no, your your choices have consequences. Sure. Yeah. No. No. I'm not saying they don't, but I mean. In this odd world that he seems to be living in, it, it doesn't seem to have consequences really. Yet. Let me and, let me edit my last sentence for the lawyers. He was charged with some sort of criminal something with a minor. Look it up. It's alleged. I'm not saying anything happened or didn't happen. You just work here. That's right. Yes. You just report the news. Yeah, no, I'm not. I mean, look into it for yourselves. Research all this. I, I 100%, you know, I, I just, I do find, where I find it odd is that it is a continuous distraction, seemingly. But I mean, is it? And the, the, the clever thing about his contract is that he has opt-out years after every single year. So, yeah. I mean, worst case is the team will just come to be come to him and say, you know what, you can go, and he can go, and someone else will sign him, or he'll just fizzle out of the league because well, he'll be a, you know, old and hurt. Someone will sign him. Oh, for sure. No doubt. I mean, if he has values. Asuna, like, someone will sign him. Well, the Dodgers won't let him go unless he doesn't have value. Okay. Value on the field, I mean. If, if say he's hurt. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, know yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Then why pay for the distraction at that point? Right. Okay. Well, if that winds up the POS, do you have time for a pick me up little bit of a story? Absolutely. I always do. So this is an opinion piece from CBS, and it's the baseball rivalries to watch this year. So the top five rivalries for this season. So okay. given the past couple of years. Number five, Dodgers-Braves. Yes, that'll be a good rivalry. Yeah. that Those are two very different teams, but both have a lot going for them. Yeah, uh, plus it would be a rematch of, uh, you know, like the NLCS, you know, potentially late season if they do it again. Like, a lot of good, lot of good stuff, Dodgers-Braves. So I would watch that game. Next okay. one. Two, uh, one t- oh, go ahead. No, I said okay. 
I'm on. Yeah, I'm on board. Another team we've we've talked about today: the White Sox versus the Twins. Interesting. I could see that. That's a good kind of North Midwest. You know. Yeah. So they're both. Um, they're both AL Central teams, and I think that Cleveland's window is closed. Like I'd yeah. be willing oh, yeah, to yeah. say well, that. They've, they've... So therefore, the Twins were the powerhouse in that division with the White Sox on their heels. Right. Yeah, I would say so. I, I I think the White Sox might be a little bit better, but I, I'm not sure. This iteration of the Twins will be very interesting with 41 well, years old, old Nelson Cruz. <laughs> that's where, for me, it's like I, I'm more bullish on the White Sox, but they also are a more unknown commodity. Correct. We'll see. A lot to yep. see here. So, okay. anyway, n- number three, the Braves again and the Mets. That is That is a good... Yeah, that that that's gonna be a good one for sure. Yeah, that's a great little division rivalry too. Yes, I think um, Syndergaard coming back is gonna be huge for the Mets. Yep, potentially. As long as he can stay healthy, that's the goal. Yep. Uh, all right, number two. Wait a minute. We get a little. Wait a minute. Is yeah. is that also an ode to your own fantasy team? Is that what's happening here? I was alluding to it. Okay. Yes. Okay. I just didn't want to go by unsaid. Yeah. You don't uh, join a league and immediately keep a keeper for a year who doesn't play <laughs> if you're not bullish on him. I didn't. Yeah. We'll get into fantasy next week because it's. Yeah. And then draft way too many people that had just tested positive for COVID. You drafted so many COVID patients. It was unbelievable. I really should have turned off that filter. Yeah, you should have. Okay. <laughs> All right. Second, uh, according to CBS's MLB Sports Writers, the second most exciting rivalry this year. This one's coming from the AL East, the Rays and the, the Yankees. Yankees. Yeah. See, I think the Rays and the Blue Jays are going to be... Um, the, the Yankees are more of a proven commodity, yep. to put it in your terms. But I think, I think that'll be a better rivalry. Well, and that's where, given how last year went, I could see Toronto doing really well. But... They f- at least feel on the surface and disclosure. I haven't done my digging. They feel more like a 500 club. Okay. Okay. We'll see. Yep. Plus, I think the Yankees, they were hurt a lot last year, and I don't think that they're going to be as hurt this year. Yeah. I probably, I don't know. Sean Carlos Stanton can't stay healthy. And That's true. Yeah. I don't, I, I really. They're going to be a really good team. I don't, I don't know how great they're going to be. We'll yeah, see. I, I need to do more research too, though. So, all right. And then the number one rivalry to look forward to this year, according to CBS MLB. <sighs> Let me think. Hold on. Let me guess? see if I can. Yeah, I want to see if I can guess it. Um, it's got to involve the Cardinals. Okay. Am I right about that? Nope. No. Wow. Okay. Um, you got the league right, but you got the division wrong. Well, that's, you know, it's got to be a young man. Yeah, I was going to say, so it's got to be like the Dodgers. Oh, the Padres. Yep. And the Dodgers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be dude. so boring, dude. It's going to be way more boring than you think it's going to be. Why? It, oh, I don't know. It always is. Those kinds of things always seem so overhyped in baseball, and they're just not that great. 
I, I think it's actually great. I think that you're just used to the central time zone. So when it's That's like true. That's when it's West true. Coast baseball, I'm you're sleepy. like, oh, it's about one thirty. Yeah, I'm reading. I'm trying to go to bed, dude. <laughs> That's a very good point. All right. Maybe so. I just those types of things always seem too good to be true. Whenever those kinds of rivalries heat up and then they end up being lame somehow or another. Or like no, I hear that. Like the, the Red Sox and Yankees did this a couple years ago where they just split the season where they literally yeah. just like, God. It's just not even really that exciting anymore with that. Well, you build it up to get it, have it go 500, and you're like, right. great. Well, awesome. things to not get excited about. Yeah. Rangers opening day opponent, the Kansas City Royals. Ooh, Andrew Benintendi's new team. You're going to be looking for that. Yeah, I think it'll be a snooze fest, but yeah, not probably. as big of a snooze fest as April 1st, 2021, when at Fenway Park, Boston plays host to the Baltimore Orioles. They'll win that. Uh, they they have the the opportunity to be okay, but their division. <laughs> they have the opportunity to be okay. What are you saying? I'm saying that their division is way too competitive for them to be to actually compete, but they no. have an opportunity not to be absolutely embarrassing. Okay, but they'll probably still be pretty bad. There you go. Now you're drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. Like Texas, Boston. You know what? The T on my hat and the B on your hat, they'll look just as good next year, too. Exactly. I'm excited to have Alex Cora back. I know that seems like a taboo thing to say, but I'm actually Stop very excited it. about it. Get out. Yeah. Leave no, the excited. podcast room. Never. Never. Well, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to check us out. We're at sensiblyloud.com. Plus, we're all over social media. That's right, on Facebook, on Instagram. We're even on the good old Twitter. Uh, we can interact with us on these shows. They are recorded, and we put them up on YouTube as well. Plus, wherever you get your podcast, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. I uh, want to give huge props to J-Mac for producing this and all 104,000 other episodes that we have done. Y'all, thank you so much for listening. We'd like to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 135 of the Outfielder Podcast. We'd like to thank all of our fans since the Blue Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close grounds crew please keep patrolling that outfield big ups to kevin towers don't text and drive we'll see you right back here next time on the outfielder podcast yeah, 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 yeah.